0: All right, man. Welcome to the introduction for Crow 777 Radio, episode 167. A gentleman named Christopher, who we will identify better in a moment here, and Jason Lingrener with me. We're basically going to be covering the idea of state citizenship in regards to federal citizenship. I was going to say a lot of things in the intro, but something came up in the second hour that I wish had made it into the first, so I'll try to delineate it here. There are people in the world right now that legitimately carry a passport that, well... I think Christopher might have a problem with how I'm describing this. I'll do the best I can that have documentation from the state department that proves they're no longer federal citizens. They are state citizens. Some of the people who have done this have been pushing to change the laws in their state so that as an example, a person not engaged in commerce doesn't need a driver's license or DMV or any of that stuff. And I know so many people who listen to the law series are interested in these ideas, The problem with what we're about to cover is I know people are going to erupt into arguments because there wasn't a single version of the law series we did where people weren't at odds. But at the end of the day, this is, in fact, a provable, workable method to obtain state citizenship for whatever that is worth to anyone out there. I've held the documents in my hand. The method works. But anyhow, I hope you'll join us an hour or two. There are so many things. You know, Jason is the expert in this part of things compared to me, but there's a lot that we cover. And an hour or two, a lot of people trying to get back to ideas of common law. So let's jump in. Cheers. All right, man. Welcome to Crow 777 Radio. This is episode 166. I have Jason Lingern with me and Mr. Christopher Gronsky. Uh, We're going to be talking a bit Well, it's going to be wide ranging, but at the end of the day, we're going to be focusing in hour one here about a thing called state citizenship, though I'm imagining this conversation will be much wider than just that. Anyhow, welcome, Jason.
1: Good morning.
0: All right, man. What do we have for the intro here, Jason? Uh, We just did a show yesterday. We probably mentioned that.
1: Right. That should be being released any day now and will almost certainly be up by the time this episode is released on our normal Thursday days with Jay Widener and a very nice lady named Yvonne on their show Reality Check. I think that discussion went further than they really anticipated. They thought they were going to talk about the moon a little bit and we went, we went there.
0: Well, the lunar wave always seems to precede me, but once we get to talking, uh, it usually becomes a small part of the conversation. You know a bit more about what we're going to talk about here, and you put together the initial outline. Uh, so why don't you introduce Christopher, and let's, let's get the train on the track here.
1: Well, Christopher does what's called Freedom Consulting, and I think the easiest place to start with is with who he is and his background and what he does. So Christopher, welcome on board, and uh, let's hear it.
2: Well, thanks so much. I appreciate uh, being here. It's uh, exciting to talk about some of my favorite subject matter, of which I think about freedom is uh, is that important subject matter. People's liberty is uh, precious to them. A lot of times there's a lot of energy and talk about all of the junk and the, the tyranny. And, uh, you know, we were talking earlier, but I think of the uh verse of the bible that says the um you know where there's confusion there's every evil work so you know the in in things of government and all that you'll have lots of confusion because that's what's the source of 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 that you know that tyranny so um i'm i'm pretty simple in the way that i come to the table looking at things um because i come to, from the premise that you're free and then you might be dealing with somebody's uh or something trying to interrupt that freedom or your liberty and um, and that's that's the pretty much for the most part, the simplistic way that I look at things is uh, at that beginning point. Uh, so um, I'm, I'm in New Hampshire. Uh, our our state motto is live free or die. Um, I've been in New Hampshire since uh, 1987. I grew up in Orlando. I was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and um, I'm related to Ben Franklin. Um, and, uh, you know, I wonder why these things matter to me and, uh, you know, uh, show up for me in, in very, uh, strong emotional ways, but I think it's in my DNA. And, uh, so it's a joy to, to deal with the subject matter and to help people on their freedom journey. And, uh, so, and everybody is different, and everybody has a different mindset about how they're coming to the table. So, for me, that's exciting, and I don't think there's a cookie cutter way of approaching liberty and freedom because it's it's as unique to everyone as their fingerprints or or you know how they think and feel. So, um, I'm aware of that. So, that's that's part of how I I look at things. So Christopher, let's do this. First of all, a shout out to the good folks up
0: there in New Hampshire with one hell of an important state motto, which was just mentioned. Why don't you give a little background on yourself, Christopher, and also Mm -hmm. give out good contact information for anyone who finds what we're about to cover here, state citizenship interesting.
2: Sure. People can go to the, to find out more about what I'm doing and how to reach me. They can go to the website, destinationfreedom.org. In there, we at the website, we, I will have information on classes that we have coming up, and we have some classes coming up here in July. Um, also, I have contact phone numbers. The office phone number is 603-671-7013. Uh, uh, um, usually, uh, for some reason, they the cable service only has, like, you can take 30 calls. We can get 30 calls in a day, so we have to constantly... Uh, keep up on that. So, if for any reason you can't get through or leave a message or whatever it is, you know, just keep trying. We'll we'll catch up with uh, with you as you reach out. Also, people can email us at destinationfreedom at startmail That's a that's a way to reach out to us. um, ba- um back in the early or as I say back in the mid nineties, someone had sent me a book called Vultures in Eagles Clothing by Lynn Meredith. That was the first time that I had learned that there were two types of citizens in the United States. There was the state citizen, which um, predates the Constitution, predates certainly the 14th Amendment. And then there was the federal citizen, which is created by the 14th Amendment. So when I was seeing these things, you know, and, and because I was running my own business, paying quarterly taxes and things like that. And, and certainly dealing with the IRS. You know, I, I was always raised, um, let me say my background, I have military background. Uh, everyone in my family has been in the Navy, including myself. Um, my father's retired Navy. My mother was in the Navy when they met. My older brother and younger sister both retired Navy. My brother, other brother was in the Navy. I was in the Navy as well. So we could always consider ourselves patriotic. And, you know, um, I was always taught tell the truth, things like that. And so having those strong feelings about being american and stuff like that i couldn't imagine that when i was learning these things about the constitution and about freedom and such uh that i could live a lie or just not uh, take a stand for what I believed was true, and especially when people fill out tax forms, things are signed under penalty of perjury. So these were important uh, things that I was learning, and they were having an impact on my life. It literally changed uh, my life. So that w- I began to correspond with IRS back then. That was in the ni- uh, mid 90s, and uh, and that played out. Uh, the bank had taken money out, given to the IRS. It was. It wasn't very. Uh, a lot of money. Um, and I have, I have a lot of anecdotes in dealing with IRS and such that are interesting and certainly enlightening. But what happened is at that time, there was an organization called We the People, which was uh, uh, the website givemeliberty.org. And they were, that was Bob Schultz, and they were working out a truth and taxation hearing. This is before 9 11. And at that time, I guess just before that, I was going to travel to Romania. And I was going to need a passport. I had never had a passport. I had one as a child, but not as an adult. So the first time I was doing passport, I needed it to be done in a way that was congruent with the communications i was having with the irs about not being a federal citizen such so there was information that i had learned in in that material so i had done my passport uh, and i had amended the application so that it would be true under penalty of perjury and had an explanatory statement that went along with it rejecting that 14th amendment citizen and uh, i remember going to boston i was concerned about just sending the material in because there was no way there was going to really be able to explain what I was doing. So I was a little concerned with that. So I waited till the last minute to get my passport so that I could do it in Boston. At the uh, passport agency, I wanted to go there so that I could explain what it is that I was doing and such as that. Then I remember taking the paperwork down there at, at the um, at the center, and um, and I'm, I presented it to the lady. I'm all nervous and all that, and she looks at it, and she says, I can't say it's the first time I've ever seen this, and boom, 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 stamped everything, and I was on my way. We never even got into a discussion, and I was like, "Wow, that, that's astounding! That was awesome!" And uh, so, so let me let me ask you something here, though,
0: Christopher. So, before you got that passport, were you in fact a federal citizen or a state citizen? I have never been a Fourteenth Amendment citizen prior to all this you conducted yourself and considered yourself a state citizen but this is the premise here I'm, I'm assuming correct me if i'm wrong is you first became aware of the distinction from the book you described
2: no uh, um, i i'm i behaved like a federal citizen i didn't know that there were two types of citizens but as i understand the subject matter i've never been a federal citizen congress has never created what i was what i have by a birthright so my, my citizenship and where that comes about predates the Congress, predates the federal government, because th- their states were here long before there was a um, a constitution created. So it predates all of that. So my citizenship is referenced in the Constitution. Article 4, Section 2 says, citizens of the states are entitled to all privileges and immunities of citizens of the several states. Okay, And so that, that is a, that's a, a limitation to the federal government, meaning that they can't favor one citizen in one state over another citizen in another state. And there was no federal citizen, no 14th Amendment citizen at, at that time. This, the idea of it, the court cases that, that talk about these things said that there you know when you're referring to a United States citizen, you're just referring to one of, of the, the state citizens, if you will. okay? So if you were a citizen of one state, then you were considered a United States citizen because, this, because there was a certain kind of union, if you will, of the states. But there was no federal citizen. The Congress had no citizen at that time. That first citizen comes about by the 14th Amendment, which also so,
0: deals with slavery if I'm not mistaken correct.
2: Well, the first the first federal citizens were the blacks that were invited out of the south to uh, embrace that US created the federal created, you know, citizen. And here's the thing, a lot of people don't get the idea that the uh, that the federal citizen is subject, like it, it says, read the Fourteenth Amendment it says the citizen is subject to the jurisdiction thereof. Okay, so you're you're seeing that the Congress is creating an entity or uh, some subject matter, if you will. And if you know the Constitution, you know in Article One, Section Eight, Clause Seventeen. We delegated the states—I should say—not the people. The states delegated to the Congress the exclusive legislative authority over all cases whatsoever in that D.C. ten square miles, and that—that and obviously that's federal jurisdiction. It would include nowadays. It would include territories and such as that, and some subject matter, providing that the Constitution does. you know, delegates that subject matter. But the idea is that is what's in their jurisdiction. So the federal citizen that they create obviously would be subject to the jurisdiction thereof. Okay. Which, this, which is just DC and its protectorates. Is that correct? Well, well, that would be correct. That would be, that's what the clause 17 says, that 10 square miles. And so that, so people want, they think and want the the tax code to be, they think that it's unconstitutional. It's not. It's absolutely constitutional. The question is, what does it mean by that? You see, when when Congress has that exclusive legislative authority, they don't have to abide by, in their jurisdiction, they don't have to abide by the Bill of Rights and those things that the states, that they have obligations in the states. In their jurisdiction, they can come up with rules and such as that. This is why the notice of levy has the full force and effect as a levy that goes through a court with their citizens this is why we don't get into well it's you know that's not proper this notice of levy oh yes it is it has the full force and effect of a regular levy that's in the states for their citizens that's Mm -hmm. the subject matter and that's why a lot of times people can't they don't know how to pull this together is because they don't get that concept alone
0: all right so i think this is probably a good place to make a clear distinction for people listening so they don't feel lost what what the heck is the difference Um, between a state citizenship and a federal citizenship if you can kind of describe that in a way that the average ear can understand
2: well here's the interesting thing is a lot of times people also confuse nationality with citizenship and so some people will look at their nationality that place where they're born and then they'll think that they want to make that their citizenship citizenship is always by choice if i want to be a citizen of texas there's no form to fill out, say so like, oh, I'm going to become a citizen, I just moved to Texas, create, you know, set up my habitation domicile. Right now, my habitation domicile is in New Hampshire. And so typically, we and the states do this, and today the courts are trying to conflate the term of residence with habitation domicile. The duty to be on a jury is based upon habitation domicile. The voting has to do with habitation and domicile, not residency. Um, getting a driver's license has to do with habitation and domicile in the states. And, and so that is citizenship is based upon habitation and domicile, okay? So the idea of that is, is very clear with these states. You can't have a driver's license from Texas and this and that. With They pretty much, they determine it by habitation and domicile. Even if they're using the term residency, they'll usually pick a particular amount of time. But really the courts define habitation and domicile is that place that you intend to return to so you can leave your state as a, and and remain a citizen of your state and travel the world for indefinitely you can maintain your citizenship even though you're traveling abroad for you know 20 30 40 years a lot of people go in the military and they maintain their habitation domicile in that state that they intend to return to and this is this the courts have well defined this concept so that's State citizenship. Now, another thing is a lot of people feel they don't want to be a citizen. They want to be an inhabitant and all that. And that I get that. One of the things that I say is that just because you have a belief system about something doesn't mean that you uh, agree with and adopt anyone else's belief about a a particular subject. Um, If you look up something in Black's Law… It isn't like Blacks Law is the you know end of you know like like him he defining terms in his study or how that's going to be is that that is the definition. The question is is what definition are they using and they'll usually disclose that, and it may not be your definition. So when I think of citizen, I think of participant, is the way I look at citizenship. Okay? Is that a
0: is that a simple way to define it? You're participating at the state level and not the federal level. I mean, is that the simplest explanation we could offer? Well.
2: Well, the thing is, is that you know, um, let me just let me just qualify this by uh, about my my sentiment about the federal. Okay, they have limitations to uphold the Constitution and be limited by it. They swear oaths to uphold the Constitution and they don't. They use it for political purposes. They they know what the Constitution says, so they're not they're definitely accountable. Okay, and they do swear that they're going to do that. I'm clear. That those people in Congress, without exception, have no interest in upholding the cons- Constitution and being limited by it. Okay, that's that's what I've concluded, without exception. Because and and we could talk about that. So therefore, I say scrap the Constitution, dissolve the federal federal government because they're nothing but tyrants. If it was if the federal government's gangrene, you, there's no leg to cut off. It's gone. I don't see changing it from within. It's not possible. It's just not possible. Therefore, the best thing that I can do is be at stake for freedom in my state and to get my state to grow up and push off the federal government. And, you know, and, and New Hampshire has a, a, you know, a secession type of movement or, you know, a sentiment to secede from the union. And, and many states have that kind of a, you know, there are a number of people that feel that way about seceding from the union. Now I'm okay with seceding from the union, except it'll never happen because people aren't mature enough to do that. You're never going to be on your own unless you leave, le- unless you stop living off of mommy and daddy. And so the idea is the first thing before anyone secedes from the union is to cut off all the bribery and the funds that the feds, Take or I'm I'm sorry that they offer. When the state of New Hampshire will only fund itself and will reject all federal dollars, you'll be surprised at all the regulations that'll go with the bribe money, and that will be a freedom of itself. So so that is what we would have, or any state would have to do first. You can't be, you know, um, tying on to the, you know, be sucking on the the teat of the Fed while saying you want to be free from the regulation, which is what California likes. They want the federal dollars. They don't want to grow up, but they don't like the control. This is the way all immature, irresponsible children living at home feel and believe. I don't like the way mommy and daddy tell me I have to come in on time. And yet I'm still living in the basement. That is the way a lot of states are. so, so that's so I'm not I'm not a federalist and when I say that, you know with respect to that 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 um, my passport's a federal passport but I'm my country is New Hampshire. I'm a citizen of New Hampshire and it has its own funky stuff. but my goal here is to secure freedom more and more in New Hampshire so that we can push the feds off. And so when I say – so not being a federal citizen, I certainly don't have those statutory limitations that the Code of Federal Regulations has for federal citizens' issues and matters. So that, that's how I think about that. I don't know if I, that was a long answer to your question. Well, let's do this. Um,
0: I want to ask you one uh, simple question that you can answer pretty quickly. And I know Jason Mm -hmm. has a list of things that go all the way back to the ideas of British empires and colonies and things. So let me ask you, and then we'll let Jason start running down some of the things uh, that he's well-versed in that he thought applied here. Um, Firstly, if I was just to ask you in an offhand way about the 14th Amendment, um, was that an underhanded thing? Was that
2: intentionally unhelpful to the average human being living in this part of the world? Well, I think that to study uh, the Civil War and what happened before the Civil War and, and at least get an understanding of what happened from the South's perspective is an important thing that's not taught in public schools. To say that the issue of, of the Civil War was about slavery is pretty ignorant. Okay, Now, certainly, I believe that the South lost the Civil War um, because of the for the lack of moral high ground that they could have been, but slavery, you know, understanding slavery was really a rich man's economic machine. Okay, the poor guy was no no different or less ignorant than some of the slaves were. So you know that that still you had this rich and poor thing going on in the South as well. But to understand the economics and the and the the beef that the South had with the Union, that the that there were being a that there was an un an injustice between the northern states and the southern states, and that the federal government was violating the southern states by tariffs and things on their ports and stuff and dealing with their economics, you know, the materials that were coming out of the south and such as that. That is an important conversation to understand what was going on. And certainly there were political players in the world that wanted to see the union dissolved because when these separate states being countries, you know, would not be very strong to overcome other other influences from without. And to understand, we spend in our class uh, on state citizenship. We spend, um, you know, half of the class dealing with um, the Declaration of Independence and how the states were considered at that time, and to understand the the true purposes of government in general. So, so for me to understand. Um, you know the distinctions between the states, or the, like you said, the Fourteenth Amendment. Now, let me say this: to understand how the Congress and those reps were dealt with in in being in the Congress was completely in violation of the law. You can't force votes and there and for them to be just votes. When the South left the Union, that was the end of the Union. Okay, and so there was no there was no quorum in Congress, and so therefore. Um, the Fourteenth Amendment was never properly ratified. Um, the Fifteenth would always be in the same category, and certainly we have the research uh, showing that the Sixteenth Amendment was never ratified either. I also believe the Seventeenth Amendment was never ratified either. When you that's, when you think about how s- uh, senators are chosen. That, that. That's problematic for a lot of minds out
0: there thinking about it. And the only reason that I brought that up is because research that I've done around how the hell did we end up with corporation and all these things, that too can be directly tied uh, to what we now call African American people, and that's a whole put-up. And it's a similar thing. You're saying they did all these things, but they didn't ratify it. They didn't do what they were supposed to do, but they did it anyway. And in some ways, corporation came to us in the same way. There was a time when corporation, the idea of it was, no, you can't have it, unless you can prove it's beneficial to all the people out there. But Jason, um, I want to quit bogarting this conversation and let you get back over to these kind of root things that'll take us back to the idea of American colonies and these things. And also, before I hand it to you, Jason, there's a lot of people out there that have done a lot on the Civil War, a lot of point of views. What we're putting down here is an actual method to become a state citizen. It's not debatable. I've seen the documents. I've actually held them in my hands. So go ahead, Jason.
1: Right. Let's start with how things would have been in the early American colonies and the beginning of how the United States came about. And, of course, the states were really considered, as far as I understand it, the most important thing over any kind of federal government. There were only a few things that were very important to having a federal government where the Constitution actually dictated over the states. But the way I'm understanding everything we're discussing here today – is that you're going after the paperwork for the way things would have been originally. I actually brought this up with Brian yesterday. Can you explain that, like, the way things would have been originally before all these amendments and all these things that happened later? How were things in the original American colonies and then start moving us through time till we get up to the Civil War?
2: Well, Well, there... The, a lot of times people, uh, you know, you hear people talk about how we broke away from Great Britain, okay? And uh, I've heard lawyers talk and say, well, you know, the Declaration was, you know, really there's, there, there's no, there's no law. There They make reference to the Declaration of Independence as not being any law. And that therefore, it's, there's nothing in there that's binding or anything like that. Uh, the founders felt the Declaration of Independence was a foundation on which uh the separation from great britain occurred now some would say that you know well you know the declaration of independence was was illegal well absolutely it was illegal okay all anytime you resist tyranny tyranny is always going to be legal and and the uh and to resist tyranny is always going to be illegal there's a there's a wonderful musical out there i highly recommend called 1776 which is based upon some good, uh, good historic research, and uh, it's lovely in there. And then, um, and so when they start talking about the declaration, you know, having to write one, and they, they all are like, well, we know what these the issues are. Why do we need a declaration? And so Jefferson stands and says, so that we can uh, state our, um, I'm paraphrasing, state our case in such plain and firm that it commands assent. And then, and then uh, Dickinson gets up and says, come now. Mr. Adams, are you suggesting that we publish a paper to all the world to show that an illegal rebellion is in fact a legal one? And uh, and Franklin steps up and says, uh, I, "I'm Mr. Dickinson. I'm surprised at you. Everyone knows that rebellion in the first person, such as our rebellion, is always legal. It's only in the third person, their rebellion, that it's always illegal. You know. And so, uh, so here the reality was they had grievances, and so the 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 complaints that the colonies had with England was they lacked representation. Now, what hmm, I wonder what that would feel like. Anybody here feel that you lack representation in the Congress? Well, what is representation?
0: <laughs> I've never heard of such a thing. I've never experienced it. Can you explain? <laughs> no, I'm,
2: I'm just kidding. Oh. No, no. I I, mean, I, I I think we all feel that. Was like they're not. It's like George Carlin. I quote George Carlin. It's a big club, and you ain't in it you know so no we're not getting any representation in the congress we see the corporate interests represented there we see the the warmongering represented we see we see that that's who they represent so the colonies felt the same way look at the crown look at what's going on even the parliament they they they're supposed to be brothers and sisters if you will you know the, the people's representation they weren't being represented for protections or for, you know, benefits that maybe the people of England got that the colonies were not getting, the same exact thing. Like we read in one of the reasons in the Constitution Article 4 Section 2 that says, "The citizens of the states are entitled all privileges and immunities of citizens of the several states." That equality between citizens. So they were seeing their British brethren having certain benefits and protections and the colonies were not. That's why it's in the Constitution. Now, if you want to understand the Constitution Read those who wrote it and those who disagreed with it. if If a person hasn't read the Federalist and anti-federalist papers, they don't understand the Constitution from those who wrote it. And therefore, that is required reading, but there's a ton
0: of people. I mean, you you broached it earlier. Um, these things were all done illegally. Um, they don't follow the the rules that are laid out there. In other words, it's almost like the old biblical thing. You know, you can judge a tree by its fruit, right? Right, um, right? That's the situation we have here. And that's part of the problem for a lot of people listening. They understand this is nonsense. These people are not following rules. They're not representing us. They appear to be a corporation. Um, they don't appear to have any concern for the supposed human beings that they're supposed to be helping and protecting and governing. For lack of a better term, and, and so these conversations that we have in this vein uh, for so many critical thinkers, they're saying, "Why the hell are you even concerned with the Constitution at this point?" Which you kind of broached earlier, where you pointed out um, it's a farce at this point, isn't it?
2: Well, yeah, and and listen, let's say one of the things that I I do with clients as well as deal how I deal with government, the responsibility of the behavior of government. Let me I'll put the proper authority in the where it's at. The responsibility of the federal government is the states, not the people, the states. This I do not believe the 17th Amendment um, was ratified, which meant that um, the state legislatures would appoint Two senators to the Congress. Can you imagine the difference of everyone who's approved by the Supreme Court, every t- treaty and tariff that that goes through would be approved by the legislatures of each state instead of a senator who's got a uh, you know six years, and he's he's. It, it's just completely not the way Madison thought of the the Senate to be, and so that in it is, is a big problem. So if you're, if we want to know who's responsible for the way the federal government is, the States are because they can ratchet it back in. Okay. That's one. Now the people are responsible for what's going on in the States. And if the States aren't doing their responsibility, it falls on the people. So the, so ultimately the reason that we have such junk in the Congress is because the people like junk. They continue to do the two party system. They continue to look to Washington to answer every stinking problem. And so that's the problem is you keep looking to them and having them address certain things and making an uh, a national, you know, I don't use America as a national, but but you know, that kind of an issue. So the people are the problem. And the well, pe- when the when the people change that, then Congress will come in alignment because they're always protecting their power. I, I, you know, one of
0: the one of the main reasons that we wanted to talk to you um, is when we met Brian, he followed some directions and he got a document at the end of the day called a passport. And he was, in fact, a state citizen without a hiccup in any of the process. And that, that varies greatly from so many of the legal episodes we've done that deal with things that I'm not really going to bring into this conversation. But um, the point of view, I would estimate from so many of the people that I know follow us and are critically thinking about these things, you begin to feel hopeless. It's, the system is not just broken, it's corrupt. And for that matter, I mean, we could even look at the IRS. There are people out there who will tell you it's no different. Uh, the idea of being ratified in some legally defined way didn't happen. And yet they're still doing business as they ever did. And so there's a lot of people out there who look at these things and say, how can you interact with this corrupt bag of garbage and expect anything back but garbage from the corrupt bag? And so whether or not that's the right mindset, I don't really want to get into, but I would point out that I I don't fault anyone Who looks at this system and says, My God, there's, you know, no path. And that's part of why we're talking, because you do, in fact, have a legitimate path to use the system that is in place to become a state citizen if someone desired. But my main point here is, yeah, people need to grow up and they need to take more action. But unfortunately, in so many ways, this is exactly what you said. They get sucked back into this nonsensical red and blue system, which is no damn Jason and I have endlessly covered. We've even covered the governor of the central bank of England showing up here in 1924 to inform all the bankers of the United States what the political system is now going to be used for, to basically get people to argue endlessly about things that don't matter. The point here is the average person sitting at home by themselves that now understands completely this is all nonsense, and it's worse than nonsense. A lot of it seems to be criminal nonsense. Um, Where's the path? You know, and and I think I would put that on the table because I don't think I can fault a person for recognizing the nonsense and then not being able to determine how the hell do I get from point A to where I would like to be point B. And a small part of it um, is is what you're you've got on offer. If someone did in fact not want to be a state citizen and or a federal citizen and become a state citizen, you've proven that that's acceptable, possible, and there's a set of directions anyone can follow to do it.
2: Right. We we have a process in people getting a passport, uh, whether they've had a passport before or not, or whether they've naturalized or not. Uh, we have a passport process that, that has worked for everyone. And so, you know, and we tailor an explanatory statement for them. But with respect to that, that, I mean, that is certainly one thing that we offer. But most of the time when I'm working with clients, with the way that you talked about not having hope and all this stuff or these systems and how to work in them, it's not optional for people to understand concepts of liberty and freedom, so they know how to approach the table. I don't do this stuff because I'm—I feel that I'm intelligent, I'm well-read, or whatever it is. I don't feel that way. A while back, I had determined, and some of this is because of the training I—I have had uh, studying the Bible and stuff like this. I have overseeing other elders and men in in leadership type of position but what I what I want to say is is that it's important for people to understand how to think about how what's coming to the table you know people think about law in a particular way and and like as if you know well no man's above the law that is absolutely false okay all men are above the law we make law the what we mean when we say no man's above the law what we want to say is no man in government man or woman no one in government is above the law and they are behaving like the sovereign citizens that they accuse people of being they aren't bound by the law they're living like as if it doesn't matter to them and that's the problem is one is people are pretty ignorant about what rights are where they come from i'm surprised at how many people i help who do not understand the difference between a privilege and and um and, and a right they don't understand they don't even understand how our government's formed and how it's supposed to function they don't know that they don't know you know how judges are replaced, so they don't have a basic knowledge of the form of government that we have and how it works. Because of that, they'll never rise up to be the authority they're supposed to have. And all of that power starts locally. The farther away government is, the less important it is and the less effect it should have on your life. And so that's why I want to strengthen the governments closer to me to only secure rights and to push off the government that's farther from me. That's a principle. And so it's important to understand that because you can feel when when I go into a a legislative office building or dealing with bureaucrats, I can deal with them effectively because one, I've looked up the statutes that govern them. And two, I know who I am. And because of that, I know how to deal with this. I don't play out and do anything with respect to corporations. OK, I don't do anything with respect to that because I know where the power source is. If a person doesn't know how a corporation is run, they're not going to know how to deal with the corporation. You're always dealing w- uh, without exception. You're always dealing with people. Never. You're never, ever dealing with. Co- there's no such thing as a corporation. There's these say, oh, there's the corporation. It's an idea. There's no such thing as government. It's an idea of how people are relating to each other. And so when you get this clear in your head, it's almost like in the, it's almost like Neo in that hallway where he was dead and he stands up and now he can see the code. And, and I'm not talking about statutes and codes. I'm saying that he can see, oh, okay, we're just dealing with people, or he's dealing with nothing that's how I want people to come to the table, because then they're going to be able to sort out securing their liberty and freedom. It isn't that with respect to the process of the passport, most people have never been a federal citizen. They've behaved like one. And so the passport process isn't a change of status. It's just an acknowledging of an existing status that's there and to reject the status that the Congress has for their 14th Amendment citizen in their jurisdiction. And that's what's understood. And that's all we're declaring we're not getting we're not doing anything by permission and we're not asking the federal government to say is it okay or even to acknowledge what we're doing it's unnecessary that's a
0: critical point because what you just said is what i wanted to bring up um because if we truly honestly want to assess the landscape and jason and i come into contact with a lot of people There are so many out there who have come to a common sense kind of grown-up mindset. They understand that what I see going on is complete nonsense. Um, It's do as I say, not as I do. Everything that's being implemented was put in place illegally. Half the things that I got to deal with, I never opted into in the first place. Correct. Um, And so when you start to talk The way you just did, I think you're going to relate to a lot of people that listen to what we do here because there is a growing movement of people who are starting to say, well, to hell, how do you interact with such a foul beast? That is not even legal by its own definition of legal. Um, So to hell with them. We don't ask for our rights anymore. We're born with them. There is a growing movement and I don't really want to get into whether that's right or wrong um, because I think that we can probably both agree that if you truly want to have rights for lack of a better term, you better damn well recognize that you better live your life as if you were born with them. Because if you start to say, can this person please, or this corporation, or this government grant me rights, or the idea of liberty, see, that that's the problem with where we are now, in, yeah. in my view. So many people are, all screw this. There was a thing called common law. It was pretty simple. Don't do harm to people. Don't cause people loss. That's. Right was the only way. And they're, they're already moving back to that or trying to move back to that. As a matter of fact, we've had people on that are setting up common law courts in their community over in Scotland. And so part of what you're saying here, uh, I think is critically important. You're not asking for permission. This Mm. is a thing you can do. So let's get back to the thing itself. What do you feel in simple language you have gained by declaring and proving that you are a state citizen in the state you reside and not a 14th amendment federal citizen.
2: One of the byproducts of taking the the state citizenship class is you get to see where the 14th amendment citizen came from and what its limitations are and, and what it's about. And none of what I deal with is conjecture. Everything that I have is based upon information I've gotten from the state department or in some capacity, evidence, documents, not not statute and code. It might be communication, could be statutes and codes. But the idea is that when you see that the that you understand that the federal citizen does have an income tax liability, then you're going to understand whether you're a federal citizen or not. And citizenship is always a choice. It's, it's, so the idea of choosing something else is wonderful. We have written material from the State Department that says that they determine a U.S. citizen by the 14th Amendment. And so if you think that the IRS is not going to be congruent with that, you're not going to really understand it. And then when you understand that the federal citizen is a a privilege in immunities, that's like it says In the 14th Amendment, privileges and immunities, not rights, you understand how the federal government treats them, and you can have a president giving executive orders about this statutory type of a citizen. Now, people mistake and, and mistake that their birth certificate or that they corporatize their citizenship or them or whatever it is. That's a big mistake. And so I don't ascribe to any of that. Now, of course, the federal government deals with the federal citizen like the way they would deal with a corporation. You know, they just pass statutes and codes and then they enforce them. I get that. But that is not none of what they describe actually occurs because you can't read it. But here's the catch 22. And this is
0: where so many people are going to depart one way or another. Uh, someone will say, well, look at the IRS, look at how they were set up. They violated the law. They just imposed their will, not even following the supposed laws that were put there in the first place. So how do we ever say those three letters seriously? And so then when we get up to what you're talking about and you're showing how people can use the system that's in place to come to an end result, which I think is important, by the way, don't get me wrong, but how can we fault that person who's pointing out this is illegal nonsense from the get go? So there are some people that are, I don't know, you'd call them a purist or maybe someone who reads the Bible and takes it very seriously and says, I will live my life by what I perceive as to be the correct way here. In my religious and spiritual beliefs, that person, you could pour it out to the social description I'm making now that says to hell with that poison tree. We call the IRS. We can demonstrate all day long that it was put up, violated all the rules that they now want us to follow. Did all these things demand a third of my, and you see this, this
2: is the problem, but, but, but no, but see, you're, you're doing exactly what the Congress wants you to do. You're looking at, it's like, it's like you're blaming the weapon. It's like to say it's the gun that killed the guy, not 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 the guy. But but Listen, in a I, sense I, that's, that's my, not my really. Point, tr- but no, there, is a, is, that, there no, is a difference. No, there is a difference there, though. No, it's not. That's the what gun. Didn't, the you. gun did not come into existence illegally. And I'm saying that, that, and maybe it did. I'm just saying the idea is that the IRS is. I'm not having a problem with how they're doing that. Now, the Congress is responsible for the IRS. And so, therefore, listen. We know that presidents and the Congress use the IRS as a weapon against right. people. And that, so, that was yes, my point. so, yeah. so the people. So when we look and so we think we're going to do a fight with the IRS is just foolish. I mean if you're going to handle political power then understand how political power works and wield political power. I, I
0: think I okay. think we're talking about two different things. Um to use to use the system at hand and to get a result like state citizenship what you're saying is absolutely true but what I'm pointing out is that so many people it's like that person who has a religious point of view and uh-huh. has said I will live my life like that they can't yeah. get beyond that they were forced into these things and that it was just by force of might mm-hmm. that put him in that position And no. that, that's all i'm really trying that,
2: to I, I i don't i'm not I, talking
0: I, about raging uh, against the machine i'm talking no, no, no.
2: i i'm yeah. saying but but see the the way you're framing it is that is definitely one way to look at it but i would say this the most freeing way to to look at it is not this is how i was harmed is to say huh okay i'll be responsible for me let me ask you this question have you ever filled out a 1040 form correctly sure I, you know, from, from your
0: definition, from no, from, from the definition that you're about to lay down, I would say probably no, because I, I, I did what I, I went through the motions, never took it seriously
2: to a point. Of course. And so that's what I would say is that at no time have I ever filled out a 1040 form correctly. One, I didn't understand it. I didn't. And so therefore I was doing what I was taught. And so regardless of whether it's, it's legal or right, let me like, for example, the colonies, Could the king of England, you know, Great Britain, could he make the legal argument that the colonies belong to him and under his authority? I'm absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I don't really think
0: he needs to, but
2: anyhow. I'm I'm just saying he could make the legal argument that this is legal what I have because I'm I'm the king and blah, blah, blah. And the colonists being very intelligent and certainly having the enlightenment that all men are created equal, looked at it and said, it's irrelevant whether you think it's legal or not. It's wrong, it's immoral, and therefore we do such and such, okay? And so is the IRS violating people? And yes, certainly from some standpoint. And then at the same time, if they're doing things according to the statute, is that violating anyone? When you, the the way out of it is the way towards freedom is through responsibility. And so if people love freedom, try exchanging the word freedom with the word responsibility, and you'll really find out how free you want to be. Because the, the, the legal remedies with respect to dealing with government at any level is to uh, assume all responsibility of, of yourself and the consequences and to absolve them of all responsibility and the consequences. That by itself, by principle, is magical because you, the thing is, is that's love to takes on responsibility and its maturity, and so that—that's how I look at these things. So you know, so I'm not—I—I've I, never been at cross purposes with the IRS. I'm not—I'm not there to to determine whether that document is like you know. I don't have to figure out the tax code to deal with it. I say like, look, this is for federal citizens and resident aliens, and there and and there you go. I'm not there to try to figure out whether the German tax code is okay. I'm just going to determine whether I'm subject to it or not. That's it. And so that's the only way we communicate with IRS is that, listen, I'm not a federal citizen or resident alien. And so therefore, when we do passport process and we finally get certified documents from the State Department that say what I said is true and correct, not what they're saying, what I say is true and correct is that I'm not a 14th Amendment citizen. I'm not subject to Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17, that exclusive legislative authority. If I was in D.C., I would. If I was a federal citizen, I would. And if I was an alien residing in the District of Columbia, I would as well. But most of the time, people's errors are not understanding the term United States, and that's where they're they're missing it.
0: Let me ask you a question here. So someone like yourself becomes a state citizen. Is that some way a path back towards a more common law? I mean, if you had your druthers and and the approach you're taking here to free yourself from the federal nonsense— Coming back to the state, trying to be a responsible adult, as you have framed it, does that path, if you had your way, start leading back to a world that's closer to common law?
2: Well, the idea of common law is, you know, people make like common law is a particular body of law. It's not common law is the people will have their will. And yes, of course, common law would recognize that that I'm not, I don't want to be violated. I don't, you know, love my neighbors myself. They talk about the common law being based upon scriptures, you know, then there's a problem there. What scripture are we referring to? So that's could be problematic as well. But the idea is that, um, nobody has, usually nobody has to become a state citizen. They already are. And they're usually having to stop behaving as a federal citizen. That's really what, the remedy so, in that. Level. So in the,
0: in the life of an average person, what does it mean to stop behaving as a federal citizen? What are some common well, things that you could just throw out to, to illustrate the point?
2: Well, if you don't have a federal income tax liability, you could, you might save a few dollars, not having a, you know, to file and, and do the income tax stuff. That's, that's one possibility, well, which but also, other-
0: which also means you've paid in your whole life and and you were saying, don't give me that money back just to be clear. Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Listen, there's no money there. So why if yeah, I was getting good point. I was getting <laughs> Federal Reserve notes back, then it was gonna be coming from the kid from McDonald's or whatever it is. It's like, look, <laughs> I, I, I want nothing from them. I'm not looking to be I, I, just, w- I just I just want to make it clear. It. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't and people want to say, like, listen, I should get Social Security, I should get some. I say nothing goodbye i want to be left alone you know cuz listen maybe some slaves could the slave have said now that i'm free i'm going to sue my master you see the, the even the way that the the congress did slavery was impro- it was wrong and that's why we're still having racial issues today because at no time even there were there was no abol- uh, abolishing slavery there was no there there's no nobody can point to a place in the constitution where it abolished slavery in the the Emancipation Proclamation, the president has no authority to to do that. If they were going to abolish, they didn't even have to abolish slavery. They just have to say these people in the South are going to have the full protections of what's already in the law of the First Amendment. You know, the Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms. All those things would apply to them because they're people. That w- there was no remedy. There was nothing other than just acknowledging him as people. But even Abraham Lincoln didn't care about freeing slaves. The, 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 the people there, the people in the North, nobody was interested in that. They still looked at blacks as slaves. And then the Congress comes along and sets them up as their slaves, a kindler, gentler slave slavery. And of course, you know, when you're being held against your will, maybe that's not so bad. But the bottom line is it just empowered the Congress instead of empowered that these people were already free, you see. Even like women's suffrage, the constitutional amendment that said that that you know, were not going to violate women, women always had the right to representation. Always, well, well, that, the government the, was violating the very, their rights. Yeah,
0: this is yes. the very point I'm talking about. So, so many people out there are starting to come around to screw asking anyone for Correct. can I have my freedom? Was I born? You know, I'm doing. I'm a free person now because I just decided I am, I can forage on the land without a license to fish or, or all these ideas. And how in the hell can you ever fault an individual that gets there? Because let's face it, we've just basically outlined here that the systems were put in illegally. They're corrupt they're not even serving who they're supposed to be serving at this point. We could argue all day long about whether they're actually a corporation or not. It doesn't even matter to me at this point. And and I think the 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 biblical idea that I've echoed like five times now is is the whole deal. You can judge the tree by its fruit nobody wants to eat the damn fruit that's coming off the tree right now. And so for a lot of people to even interact with the so-called tree is an act in futility. So all these movements that we see springing up here and there are people that just woke up one morning and said to hell with all this nonsense, I now consider myself a sovereign person or a free person or any number of terms that I could rattle out. And it's created this this mire, this problem that we have, because on the one hand, people like you come around that say, look, there's all these older ideas that we can use. And look, here's a document that proves people recognize me as a state citizen. And there's all these other groups that are saying, you know what? Someone get out a damn hatchet and cut down the poison tree. The fruit is not edible. But let me clip it right there for a second. Jason, I think we're coming to the end of the road here. Is there anything you'd like to get in before we wrap up our one and prepare to come back for hour two in the free speech zone?
1: Christopher, why don't you go ahead and give out your contact info again, because unfortunately not everyone comes over to Hour 2.
2: Sure, they can get information and reach out to me at destinationfreedom.org. And there's contact phone numbers there. Uh, email address is uh, destinationfreedom at startmail.com. And there's phone numbers and such, uh, office phone numbers at the website. So that's the easiest way people can. I have a YouTube channel, Destination Freedom, and there's some videos and such out there. But that's pretty much it. I would just suggest go to destinationfreedom.org. So, all right, guys,
0: I'm going to wrap up hour one of 167 here, but I can already feel the emails coming in from all the people who have followed through the law series and everything else. So I will say this, if a human being was truly interested in becoming a state citizen What's on offer here works. We've held the documents in our hand. We've talked to more than one person that have done it. It's recognized for all the other people that want to point out what I just pointed out, that the damn tree is poison and anyone who eats the fruits out of their effing mind. uh, I understand your sentiment here. But at the end of the day, through the whole law series we did, I walked away with one thing. In the modern era, We have all these goods and services that we are so, I don't know, you want to call us spoiled or used to or whatever that we (laughs) use in modern life. And for the life of me, uh, in very few occasions, did I see a way forward for people to deal with the problem that was legitimate being pointed out and yet still be able to function as a modern day human being in the systems around us. But when we come back for hour two of this episode, we're going to get into a lot of things that we wouldn't cover here because let's face it, we're talking about things that get censored all the damn time. And who the hell knows why? what we're doing is not illegal. We're not harming anyone. We're simply challenging all these issues that we know are a problem now. So I hope you will join us over at crow 7 radiocom for hour two, and we will probably maybe a little better define the literal process of state citizenship. I don't know that, but Jason has a long list of things that we did not get into hour two. So there it is, man. Join us at crow 77 radiocom for hour two. Cheers.